This is Ethios with Bemneti Meskin from ethiospodcast.com. Ethios is a podcast that chronicles the lives and accomplishments of people of Ethiopian heritage and Ethiopian influence around the world. It's about what they do, how they got to where they are, and what inspires them. This week I talked to Wanda Sendikan about film school, the film business, and his early influence of Ethiopian theater. So that era of, of theater is really what, what I was talking about. It was, to me, I feel like the beginning of where my 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 interest in, in, in you know, either performing arts or, you know, the creative arts kind of started. Wondosen is the co-founder of Activator Pictures, a multi-platform production company based in Los Angeles, California. He is a prolific producer, writer, and director with over 14 years of experience in film, TV, and digital media. Wendelson focuses on new business and original content development at Activator Pictures. Prior to Activator Pictures, Wendelson wrote and directed the award-winning film Journey to Lasta, which you can stream on Amazon and iTunes and other streaming services. He has also directed the MTVU number one charting music video for innovative hip-hop artist and poet Alejandro Okana, aka Tumex. He has also worked on short films that have premiered at various international film festivals. In 2018, Wondosan was commissioned by directors Adam and Rachel Overton to produce a short documentary titled Full Circle, Coffee Comes Home to Ethiopia for the Ethiopian Government's Intellectual Property Office. He currently lives in Los Angeles, California, and his company is represented by Abrams Artist Agency out of New York. Wondosan, welcome to Ethios. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you on the show. So let's jump right on in, and uh, if you could tell us about your childhood. Okay. Uh, born and raised in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, uh, 1975. I uh, grew up around the old airport region. Uh, when I came uh, to age five or so, enrolled into uh, St. Joseph uh, uh, Catholic School and uh, finished my studies uh, uh, 12th grade in the same school. I, I was able to uh, uh, f- finish and start my studies in one in one place. Then um, pursued uh, higher education, uh, came overseas to, to, to the United States. Uh, my initial interests were in computer programming because uh, everybody around me said, well, you know, with all the tech boom and, you know, everything that's happening now, you're probably, uh, you know, going to need to educate yourself and do really, really well in that in that sector. Uh, and I gave that a shot and I quickly found out that it was really not for me because my interests lay elsewhere. So I applied to... Uh, a few uh, film schools that uh, I thought would be a good jump start for me to to uh, uh, to uh, you know join and and ended up coming to California in, in the late '90s and uh, went to uh, Chapman University, which is in Orange County. Uh, really nice. Uh, it was pretty small when we when I was there uh, when we started out, but uh, it's 
kind of grown into this really, really huge, humongous um, uh, uh, academic sort of uh, mini studio uh, uh, sort of uh, set up and venture that that has um, graduated a lot of talented people over the course of the years. And uh, after I finished uh, my uh, studies there uh, in production and minored in screenwriting, I ended up uh, pursuing uh, work in the in the film and television industry uh started out literally you know from 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 the bottom as a as a production assistant like i would say 99.9 percent of the people who pursue a career in that path uh normally um normally do and uh that's uh you know that's that's my story at least that's how i started out so can you elaborate a little bit about what a production assistant does? Because a lot of people assume that what people do is they go to film school and they basically become a producer right away or a director right away where you really have to start somewhere. And a lot of times production assistants is where a lot of people get their start. Well, it's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's a production assistant, basically, really. It's, 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 it's uh, entry level. Uh, you get an opportunity whether it's for a couple of weeks or for a couple of months, depending on what kind of uh, you know uh, production you're involved with, and it's really the 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 place where you learn uh, what everybody else does and how they do it. So, I consider a, a production assistant's job basically as a, you know a, a residency program of some sort, where you you've read. You've done stuff in, 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 in school, but now you have to take those skills and really apply them. And not only that, but also be able to really shadow someone. If you want to eventually become a producer, you're going to hang around the production management, the unit production uh, manager, and anything that does uh, uh, relate to logistics and how the day in and day out of the production runs. If you want to become a director, you are probably going to be shadowing people who are working the director's unit, uh, the first assistant, the second assistant, you know, all of those uh, folks. Uh, who are also trying to work their way up towards towards the the you know the, the the big job so to speak. If you want to be a writer, you're probably going to be around either the script supervisor or um, some of the actors uh, watching how they rehearse. Uh, you know, learning uh, you know the the, the skill sets that that are required to be able to excel in your profession. So I, I see it more as a, it's really boot camp. That's what it is. Uh, production's assistant job is, is, is boot camp. So uh, I would tell you that, uh, uh, I would say, again, almost 99.9% .9 of the people who, who end up really excelling in, in, in this business uh, started and worked really, really, really hard in, 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 that, in that position before making their way up. That is extremely interesting. So tell me a little bit about the transition from going to school as a computer science major, where I'm sure you could probably clearly see your career path and, and seeing other people that were successful in this industry, to going to film school, where there's not a lot of Ethiopians in that industry, 
there's not a lot of success stories that we know about in the Ethiopian industry or outside. What was that transition like and what was that decision-making process like? Did you have a lot of resistance or was it a fairly easy decision to make? It's, uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit of an odd story, but I, I always feel like, you know, there's, there's some sort of universal lesson here. Uh, but uh, so this is what happened. Uh, my first year, uh, almost a year and a half into into uh, my freshman year, uh, uh, well, sophomore year actually, uh, I ended up getting a job uh, part-time, uh, like any other college student would, uh, at a video store, at the local video store. And it was uh, near enough from where I lived where I can, you know, walk or take the bus. And uh, one of the, besides, you know, the... the uh, crappy pay, excuse my language, um, one of the perks they offered was that you would get five video rentals. And that got me really, really excited because as a kid growing up, um, yeah, I played sports outside and whatnot, you know, you know, I, I, I would say I had a pretty, pretty uh, uh, good uh, you know, childhood that involved a lot of uh, outdoor activity, but I was always really interested in, in, in reading and and cinema and theater these were the three things that 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 really really captured my um uh, attention so when uh, i started working at at the video store um i was in a, in a new country under sort of you know uh, interesting um circumstances where you know the winter is pretty pretty hard this is the the east coast so you know you didn't really leave the house for almost uh, you know two three months at a time so you didn't really have a lot to do besides going to school coming home studying and and watching films so i started watching a lot of international cinema uh and other people that are uh, been working at the video store started making some recommendations like they saw that my interest in certain things and they'll be like oh why don't you watch this this is you know from you know the, the french new wave and why don't you watch this this is italian no realism and this is oh you should really you know check out you know the, the samurai genre and whatnot so i started getting into all this stuff and it blew my mind that there was this whole world out there that i that i completely knew nothing about and i was like that's what I want to do. You know, that's, that's the cool job right there, you know? Uh, so. <laughs> so would you say that that film store was kind of your pre film school film school? 100%. I actually, I probably learned more and, 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 and on that job than, than I did in film school. I'm not kidding. Uh, the reason is because, uh, I consumed so much content by the time I went to film school, I had very good base and a reference mm -hmm. so that when, you know, people talk about, um, you know, German expressionism or, you know, the silent era or, you know, the French new wave, I, I, I had references because I have seen all these films. So I knew what people were talking about. Uh, so that really helped me uh, uh, and really motivated me to, to uh, uh to pursue it because i i kind of felt like you know i i was good at it uh and uh, really uh, what <laughs> the other the other flip side of that is that i have to make you know a phone call to my parents and say hey by the way um there's a slight change of plan um, by a one 
one way ticket to, to to California, and I really didn't have anything to be honest with you. I sold my car, which is a, a beat up car that I had. Uh, I had um, literally less than three hundred dollars in my pocket. I had one duffel bag, and I just flew out here knowing nothing what I was. That doing. sounds kind of amazing. I mean, because most Ethiopian parents are very conservative. I mean, I know my parents are. So for me to tell them that I wasn't going to finish my education in computer science and I was going to go into film school, you know, the reaction would have been unpredictable. Yeah, well, you see, there's a reason why our our culturally, and I don't think it's just, uh, you know, Ethiopians, I think that there's a, a lot of cultures out there that, that, that sort of, you know, practice this in the sense that you really want the best for your children. So what is the shortest, uh, you know, way to get to, you know, from point A to point B, which is like, okay, you, we've sent you to school, we want you to graduate, pursue a career, and we want you to be really successful in that. It's almost like uh, 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 buying insurance. But no, life doesn't doesn't really work that way. You know, the people are going to go off on tangents, and 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 you know, uh, people have ideas, imagination. So when I when I called, I don't think really uh, there was not a lot of resistance, but I think it was more of like, oh no no no, we shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. It was more of, well, I'm I'm not really sure exactly what he's talking about, but why don't we why don't we let him do what he needs to do and find out? So my mother came out for my graduation and I had to screen my my films of for a lot of the classes of my uh, of before uh, before graduation came around so I invited her to to come and watch watch some of the work that I did and I think that was kind of when it sunk in for them like oh, okay like he's, he's he's probably gonna be all right he seems to really like what he what he does we seem to like the people that are around him. Uh, so, you know, uh, let, let the chips fall where they may. And uh, that's the, really the only way to do, to do, to do life, um, honestly speaking. It's, it's, I know a lot of doctors who are very passionate about what they do. I know a lot of engineers that are very passionate about what they do. I know a lot of uh, carpenters or, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whatever thing you picked up, you know, is, is as long as you love it and you're passionate about it and you have you have um, uh, something to, 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 to look forward to, uh, that's, that's the bottom line. So I did a little bit of research, and I know – both your parents are fairly well-traveled. Your, your father was a pilot. Your mother was a flight attendant in, in the golden age of aviation with Ethiopian Airlines. So having them being well-traveled and cultured, did that make a difference in how easily they were able to support you and, and accept that your decision? Yeah, I think, I think the exposure to, to other, other cultures and other, you know, uh, sort of... Uh, ways of, 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 of living probably helped, but I think also, to be honest with you, uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of nurturing around the house in the sense that if somebody took interest in something, there was always uh, a way of, of nurturing that. So that if I 
if I was sitting down reading, uh, you know, Dickens, and I loved Dickens when I was a young kid, and, you know, uh, Russian literature and, you know, other stuff, you know, they'll be like, okay, like, they'll grab a bunch of books and just bring it over. Well, since you had really enjoyed that, why don't you, you know, take a look at that? Uh, my father used to uh, own a lot of uh, uh, LPs, records, wax. And my favorite hobby was just to sit down there and put the headphones on and just play those, you know, every day. Just trying to, you know what I mean? And just, you remember, do you remember just, the albums they used to play? And, and oh, play? yeah. I, 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 Mulato um, Astat was, was pretty, was pretty big. A lot of fusion, jazz, uh, R&B. Uh, that's probably why I love uh, R&B music from the '70s because I that's that that was school, man. I remember the al- the 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 album covers to this day. If I go to a record store, I'll be like, oh, I remember that when I was a kid. But like you know, that it's it's uh, there was a uh, there was a variety of you know stuff. So you know, I was able to just try everything. You know what I mean? And and um, the other thing was to be honest with you. Um, uh, when VHS, VHS and 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 I'm, you didn't get the opportunity those, for those millennials listening. Yeah, right? millennials. <laughs> VH, VHS <laughs> is what is it? What is what does it even stand for? It stands for video. Uh, H. Uh, home, like home something. Yeah, <laughs> video cassette. Yeah, player. I mean, <laughs> I know that was post Betamax, but you know, it's pretty much the same <laughs> I mean, thing. We might even have to explain like what a video store is. Like, I, mean, I was just thinking about that earlier. Like, exactly. I wonder if there's some kids gonna who are gonna be listening to this podcast that that are gonna say, "What is a video? What is a video store?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, thankfully, there's 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 still a few good ones that are still out there, especially if you live in the big cities, mm. like there's a. There's a great video store in Santa Monica here called, uh, I think it's called Vidids. I, I, I hope I'm right, but they're, they're, what a fantastic place that is. And they have stuff from all over the world. Like, and when somebody asked you, I remember I used to uh, work at this production company and there was a director who was doing research uh, for this film he was writing and he needed to get a hold of some film from South America that nobody knew where to find and somebody was like oh you need to call vidits i was like what's vidits oh it's like the 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 the, you know like they have everything there so you would you would find it on the local you know yellow pages and call them up and they're like hey do you guys have this and this and they'll be like yeah and you walk in to pick it up and you're like surrounded by i'm telling you it's uh, i mean right now it probably looks like some sort of relic but you know what i mean like it's it was um it was it was really um, that's so. Let me try to take you back to VHS a little bit. And when and when I was like when when we were growing up, VHS was was a big deal. So we consumed whatever we found, whether it was you know cinema from from uh, uh, United States or UK, from India. Uh, uh, times. And several times, yeah, and uh, 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 martial arts. Um, I mean, uh, you know, you you consumed so uh, that 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 because there was nothing else, you know, like you know, we didn't have the internet, you didn't have anything else where you can just you know pull out a tablet or your phone and just you know be entertained. You you actually did work to find. Okay, what am I going to do over the weekend? I'm going to do this and this, and I'm going to watch a movie. Where's that movie going to come from? It's not going to pop up on your television set, right? So you have to go 
exchange or find a video, call the neighbors, you know, hey, do you have anything I can watch? Mm -hmm. And everybody has really different tastes. So you get to really just soak soak up a, a, a lot of interesting content or, or that that doesn't have any sort of um um I don't know, like a pattern as to where it comes from, uh, how, like sometimes it wouldn't even be in English or, or a language you would understand, but it didn't matter. It was, it was, it was something to, to, to see. It was something to watch and be, be entertained by. But not only that, it also felt like a community. It was, it was a very, it was a process. It wasn't something that you did casually. It was something that you did intentionally. You had to leave your house. You had to walk down to the store, flip through the movies that you wanted, go through the different genres, physically go through the different genres, and potentially not find the type of movie that you wanted to watch. That's, that's what I was saying. You actually needed pre-planning. First and foremost, who's going to take you there? Like, you know, yeah, you can plan all, like, you know, you know that, uh, if I remember right, Rahi video right by the stadium. Rahi video, I remember that. Yeah, and there was... Uh, there was another one by what Arat Kilo. I don't remember Piazza. There was some. There was a couple of video stores that were just known for having a massive library, right? We're not talking about like the the little mom and pop in your neighborhood. Those are there, but if you really wanted to uh, go see something, um, you have to you have to go to that side. You know what I mean? I like it, there was Rahi, which was the main one. That there was another one right by. Uh, Oh, there was one square around the corner, like right in front of that church. I can't remember the name of it. But... Yeah, and there was one right by Gion Hotel. Gion, that's right. I remember that. Well, switching gears a little, I want to ask you something a little bit more serious. So I came across an interview of yours online. You had been talking about race relations in America and how you identified as an African-American. Sorry, as an African in America. However, you had talked about how your understanding and your exposure to Western culture really led you to a, a fairly well-rounded understanding of what to expect so that when you came to America, it wasn't really new to you. So do you think that exposure to Western culture while you were still in Ethiopia helped you with your success? Uh, in other words, do you feel like assimilating into the culture is easier when you have a, a very clear understanding of what the culture is? Secondly, why do you think some Ethiopians who end up do, coming to the States have a harder time assimilating. Is it a, as a lack of understanding the culture beforehand? Is it a lack of um, really anticipating or expecting you know, reality being different? Um, than, uh, I honestly don't think it, um, it inhibits you from accomplishing whatever goals you've set for yourself. So nobody's really... Nobody else is really responsible for, for you know, setting, uh, uh, you know, your goals besides you yourself, right? So what, whatever that is, whatever you want to achieve, if you want to sim, like, be around, you know, like-minded people, like-minded, uh, 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 folks uh, that that remind you and give you the proper nurturing and the and the and the support that you used to have uh, or coming where you're coming from you understand what I'm saying if that is what you know makes you 
tick, um, it's 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 absolutely fine. And trust me, and within those communities, there are a lot of amazing entrepreneurs. Uh, we have fantastic entrepreneurs and fantastic uh, individuals who have figured out uh, to make it work. So my thing is, it's it's not it's not one. It's not that one is better than the other. I I think they equally. You can make a case for for being you know uh, for for the assimilation part that we were talking about, but assimilation for for what? You understand what I'm saying? Your interests take naturally take you on that path, and I don't know. Uh, sometimes, if that path ends up giving you the rewards that that you seek. I guess what I was trying to get to is, does assimilating help you achieve success easier? Is is um, understanding the culture and really being part of it uh, one of the reasons for success? Does that make sense? I think uh, I think it, it, it helps you. It helps the process um, be a little easier uh, in the sense that. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's ways that you have to conduct business, so to speak. Uh, there's ways that you have to, you know, present uh, a, a project. Uh, you're trying to get funding for a particular project. There's, you know, certain places that you can only go to without, you know, having a lot of opportunities, let's say, elsewhere. For example, a lot of people that are trying to make films either come to Los Angeles, New York, or you know certain you know big metropolitan cities in in, in, in Europe, uh, but I, I think that's why people say that you know Hollywood is synonymous with with with, with the uh, film industry, and you kind of have to come to Los Angeles and figure out how to assimilate. You understand what I mean? But if your interests are in in you know other things, and you 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 don't necessarily need to come to LA. Or be amongst the 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 uh, uh, the, the uh, I don't know, like the big you know uh, metropolitan city and the population. Then yeah, you're gonna you know you're gonna make it work where 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 you are and still be still be a thriving you know and successful uh, uh, individual. But uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, in a, in a way it, it it helps you bridge uh, bridge the gaps. It helps you with your networking, mm-hmm. meaning that the more people you know that you want to work with and you come in contact with, that means that you're attending uh, uh, seminars, you're attending workshops. That means that you uh, you are uh, sort of exploring uh, certain uh, certain areas of, of cultural interest. Uh, that could be seen as assimilation, yeah, and that definitely helps. I also feel like the access of being able to shoot good quality content has improved drastically over the last, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, pretty much for a very short, you know, small budget, you can go down the street, buy really good equipment, either from the local store or on Amazon, and shoot an amazing piece of documentary, film, you know, movie, you name it, relatively cheap and relatively at, at a high quality, which... I think is very different than 10 years ago when you had to, if you wanted to shoot a film, 
at a, at a quality level of, of Hollywood. You really have to do it in Hollywood or New York. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. And to kind of um, elaborate on what I said earlier is that I was talking more of the business of the business. Gotcha. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so your agencies, your production companies, your distribution companies, your talent, your, you know, uh, all of that. So the business of the business. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, films, I mean, some of the, some of the most amazing films that, that we see year in, year out are, are not necessarily made here. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've seen films from, um, uh, I mean, South America has been amazing. Turkey has been amazing. Uh, 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 Romania, uh, certain parts uh, uh, of oh, even like I mean, great filmmakers from Australia that have kind of come and taken over over the industry here as well. Uh, not only just talent, but directors and whatnot. Uh, and let's not forget our own continent. It's, it's, it's incredible the kind of stuff that's coming out and not necessarily just in film in long form but content in general okay. content in general so that's what I meant by earlier is that the, the business of the business but yeah to make content you can make fantastic uh, uh, stuff with, with your iPhone these days um, really it's, 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 it's you have a good story it doesn't matter uh, because now the distribution model doesn't dictate that you have a, a film to fit a, a two-hour slot or you know a three-hour slot now your content can 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 be distributed online uh, even if it's five minutes or or half an hour or however way you you want to present it so it's opened up tremendous amount of opportunities for people uh to 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 really pursue to pursue the art form in that sense but if you really want to do business and if you want to be in the business of that business you're probably going to have to at least um, have some sort of presence in one of these uh, big cities that we were talking about so Wondersen you are the co-founder of Activator Pictures which is a production company a multi-platform production company I might add so for somebody who may not know what a production company is or what a production company does, can you explain what, what it is that a production company does and what it is that you do? So uh, it's, it's, it's a good question because what we used to be a production company a couple of years ago and today uh, is constantly changing and evolving just because of you know, the opportunities that, that have you know, popped up to you know, to do a lot of content for the for the digital space. So, a production company basically, I I would say is a, is a, is a, is some sort of incubation system, where you have creatives who put together uh, an idea for for the film, television series, commercial, uh, the branded content, whatever sort of content it is, and they basically uh, incubate. Uh, that project, that idea, and and see it through the process of pre-production, production, and have some sort of plan for a distribution outlet. Uh, so, uh, in in the case of Activator Pictures, me um, and a few of my friends uh, uh, who have been working together 
for many many years uh, 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 starting with the with the journey to Lasta project and even before that uh, one of my partners I actually went to school with at uh, uh, Chapman University so we've known each other for 14 uh, plus years and we came together a couple of years ago about two and a half years ago and we said to ourselves uh, there's a lot of need for content uh, not a lot of people in, in, in this town uh, are going to give you the opportunity to make that content unless it is something they either understand uh, uh, or are able to sell. But that means that you're at the mercy of somebody else's either taste or sensibilities. Uh, so you can spend an entire year walking around door to door trying to pitch a project and never get it made. I actually won have one film that I've been trying to trying to make for the last two three years, and 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 I'm still you know fighting day in day out to to make that happen. But so the the idea behind for me activator was that let's bring our collective talents together. Let's you know set up a system where we uh, create the content, we uh, uh, produce the content, we work with distributors. And 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 uh, getting that content delivered. Uh, uh, that's the general idea. Can you give us an example of a project or a client? Some, maybe some of the recent work that you've done, just to give us a clear idea of the types of yeah, work. Yeah, we we've worked with uh, a lot of exciting uh, brands. Um, the most recent project we did was for YMCA. Uh, we did six branded uh, videos for them. Which were excellent, by the way, and we're going to be sure to post some of this content on our website, ethiospodcast.com. Thank you very much. That was actually uh, Olu Odubini's uh, 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 project, and he he developed that and and shot it and and really saw the creative from beginning to end. And I'm super super proud of the work he did because I feel like those 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 types of contents are really the uh, the the ones that that have established sort of our 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 name amongst the people that we were working with and being able to deliver uh, 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 super, super high-end content for, uh, 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 you know, without really necessarily breaking your, your, your client's back. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and also understanding of, of the multicultural, the very diverse, I know everybody uses that word nowadays, but, you know, I don't have any other way of explaining it, but the ever-changing diverse population that we have, and people really need to start paying attention uh, to the fact that uh, the, the, the world is not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, one kind of people anymore, you know, for many, many years and decades, even though we unknowingly consume content that was not necessarily targeted towards us, but it was just, this was the norm. This is how we, people did things. And now the conversation is about, wait, hold on for a second. Uh, you know, the landscape is changing. The, 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 there's, there's so many other variables that, that people need to really pay attention to and deliver on, on, on that. So clients are constantly looking for how to, how to reach a more diverse uh, uh, audience. And they come to us because that is what we are. 
we are we are a diverse group of people uh, and we understand and can articulate how to uh, uh, talk to uh, uh, each other amongst ourselves and 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 to a larger uh, base so activator basically uh, that's, that's, that's what we do. Uh, so besides YMCA, uh, we've worked with uh, a project for uh, FIFA and Hyundai, which is one of the really, really great projects that kind of got us um, uh, 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 sort of on, on, the, on the radar, on the map. Which I was going to mention, by the way, another good friend of ours who was on the show last week, David Mesfin who was the associate creative director on the Hyundai campaign. And you guys got a chance to work together. We worked on the digital spots. Yeah, we worked on the digital spots. It was a very, very big project. And I think they commissioned a lot of uh, yeah, artists to come together for this really huge you know, uh, project they had uh, for, their, for their digital marketing. And they gave us three spots to do. And so that, that was one of our like really biggest things that, that we were able to, to deliver on. But we worked with uh, the NFL. We worked with Procter & Gamble, uh, uh, different, different, different types of clients. And one of the most exciting things right now that is happening as we speak is, to, for me at least, is learning how startups work. So because of the... Uh, 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 I don't know, maybe the lack of um, high uh, marketing dollars, uh, we work with some clients that have come to us and say, listen, we're launching a business. This is what the business is. This is the message we want to put out. We don't necessarily want to make commercials. We want to make content that is sort of branded that can tell our story, so to speak, or different types of uh, stories about either our clients or our consumers or, you know, other things that kind of bring bring the whole story full circle. So we've been working with, with uh, entrepreneurs that are just coming up with some really, really good product and they come to us and they say, okay, we have X amount of followers on YouTube. We have X amount of followers on Instagram. Now, you know, we got the back end sort of worked out. What we want is the content and you guys can, can make really, really good stuff. So pitch us and they, they, they come at us with all kinds of things. So we sit down, we, we work out all kinds of, you know, things to pitch them in. And we, you know, present what we feel like is, 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 the, is the best uh, 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 script or, or idea to, to, to push with, for. And, uh, you know, we, we see it all the way through. So we, we've been uh, really trying to focus on working with, uh, with a lot of uh, new entrepreneurs, young, energetic, like people with a lot of great ideas, they just do not know how to take the, 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 the message out, sort of. So we work with their marketing department in creating really, really good content for them and, and, and uh, putting it out there. One of the other... Video and, like, photography. Yeah, and photography videos. still, absolutely, yeah. We have fantastic photographers uh, uh, and, and video as well and uh, uh, graphics as well. One of the other things that I also want to bring up is we got uh, an opportunity to show actually to, to develop uh, working with a Nigerian um, a gospel 
rapper, a female uh, gospel rapper by the name of Bookie. I know you probably haven't found this on. <laughs> it's not on my playlist right now, even though all I listen to is Christian music. Yeah, and we 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 uh, got an opportunity to work with her and her team in creating a six episode uh, uh, sort of docu series on launching her career stateside. It is honestly one of the one of the one of the one of the most exciting projects I've ever come across because it will give us an opportunity to work with uh, a, a super uh, super talent that already had a built-in uh, sort of audience that wanted to take uh, a, a different route in marketing herself and launching her career to the next stages by creating this episodic sort of content that that is going to be distributed so we're literally finishing that up right now as we speak the last episode is being edited and we're super super excited about that because it's honestly some of the best work we've done but we're currently talking to uh, uh, distributors, uh, both for television and uh, uh, streaming on the international market and, and as far as distribution is concerned. So so I want to talk to you about a project that you did a few years back, your first film project. You wrote and directed a feature film. The feature film is called Journey to Lasta. I want to talk to you about who produced this. How did this film come to fruition. And uh, if you can give us some information as to where our users can, can stream this film, I do believe it's available on Amazon as well as on iTunes. I did see a copy on a couple other websites, which I don't want to talk about because they probably weren't licensed to distribute it. But if you can give us some information about that, that would be great. Thank you. Yeah, it's on it's streaming on iTunes and it's streaming on Amazon. I think if you have Prime, actually, you can yeah you can stream stream it on there. Yeah, uh, I believe it's also you can get the DVD on Netflix. Uh, but Journey to Lasta was my first feature uh, that I wrote and directed, and uh, the producer on that was Olu Adepimi and Jake Deptola, who both happened to have actually be my partners uh, uh, with Activator, and uh, that film was produced by. Uh, a very good friend of mine, W. Sayas, and his wife, Milena Gashaw. Uh, they uh, were very um, supportive in, in nurturing sort of my interests. And and when I approached them with the script, they, they looked at it and they said, okay, this is a project that we feel like could, could do something out there. Can 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 make an impact. Uh, can can be seen, enjoyed, you know, uh, uh, by by you know the the young and old. Uh, and uh, we uh, put together a crew in, in LA. All of all of all of uh, that film's production was done in Southern California, and we shot that over a course of three weeks. And uh, yeah. So I have a little interesting side story that I want to tell you, which you probably don't know. So going back a few years, around the time you were shooting Journey to Lasta, a friend of mine who you went to Chapman with, Abi Salom, or Bobby Abi Salom, calls me up and says, hey, a friend of mine from film school is shooting his first film, and he needed some extras, and was I interested in being an extra? And right around that time, I was really starting to really pay attention to the film industry and and the 
the technical aspect of it and uh, tagged along and I met you that day. Were you at the at the concert scene? Exactly, exactly. The the two bands battling each other in the film. No, there was it was really that was a that that day was actually pretty pretty special it was huge. The production was amazing. I mean, we thought we were on set of a major Hollywood movie. I mean, there was the director with his headset on and he was sitting in his chair and there was PAs running around and it was it was the real deal. It was, it was really, really, uh, it was a really great day. I remember it vividly. And uh, it was, um, the whole community came out. We didn't. We didn't know when we were putting together that scene. First and foremost, we we shot it at Feidodo, which is a, which is a well-known sort of concert venue in 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 LA. It's on West Adams, and uh, I've seen a lot of uh, artists perform there. They used to do a poetry slam there, and I used to go to that place just just as a fan. So when we were thinking about shooting that 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 sequence. And we were looking for a location. We were like, oh, we should, you know, we should go there. Like, you know, I've seen people like Koei Chestnut play there. And, you know, all of the all of the R&B stars before they broke out and became big used to pass by Feidodo. So just to give a little background, Feidodo is, is not a very uh, beautiful place. Let's put it that way. Or at least back then it wasn't. It was, it was slightly grimy. I don't know if it still is the same way, but it was... Uh, it was kind well, of yeah, it has a very underground thing and that's why you see like you know here, here's the thing is that uh, the, there's two uh, there's two LAs and I mean the most obvious uh, comparison would not necessarily be the the stuff you watch on the film you know what I mean and then people come here like well is this what LA is no it, it looks pretty amazing on 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 television. but the reality is that you do see there is the side of LA the glitz and glamour the rodeo drive and and the uh the Malibu beach that you see on TV and videos. Yeah, I know, I know. But to me, that that that's 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 like when when I think of LA, yeah, exactly. it's it's either the the craziness on the Sunset Strip or the 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 the, the Lemur Park uh, or uh, you know Highland Park. You're talking about you know South LA and also obviously the the beach scene. You know Venice and da da da. I don't think that's where the 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 heartbeat of the city is to be honest with you and Fado though that strip West Adams very historic by the way I mean that's the, like that whole Lamar Park I mean you know people like you know Ella Fitzgerald Ray Charles they used to own houses but you know back there if you go down on that on that side to this day you're gonna find barbershops, restaurants soul food kitchens and 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 bookshops and mm-hmm. Poetry, like little small poetry snaps, jazz clubs that have been there for, you know, 60, 60 something years. So, Fado Do, yeah, was a little hole in the wall. If you didn't know where that place was, you just would not be able to find it. But it was one of those places. So, when we decided to shoot there, we weren't sure if people were going to come out or not. But proximity wise, it was very close to Little Ethiopia. And it was also close to other pockets of most of what, where the population lived, which is like, you know, Koreatown, and also to closer towards the Inglewood side. So when word went out, it was almost as if we were throwing uh, a party. And people people just showed up and we were like, okay, we thought, we, because we, we had multiple cameras ready to roll that day, and we were 
talking to the uh, the, the DPs and the app operators saying like make sure you're like you know zoomed in just to make, you know not to not to expose any dead space like you know we want to make it look like it's filled up but no when we saw that we were like okay put the camera on the jib and just you know take it you know out yeah it was a great time and I was really really happy and truly humbled to see everybody come out and support i swear like i i saw people that i haven't seen in years that day and then i was like wow that's that's pretty amazing that that speaks volumes to to earlier you were talking about the assimilation part you know we yeah when we when we uh when we come together we we can be uh, a force of a uh, force of nature man i could not agree with you more i mean there's so many of us out here so many educated so many entrepreneurs so many visionaries and, and we just seem to have a hard time unifying and it's if we could just do that that would be great it's it's, it's i feel like it's 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 changing i feel like it's it's changing because um the the the, the it's it's the necessity uh, because it's become extremely necessary to um uh to to either hold each other hands and lift each other up or we're, we're all going to go down a, a path of, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like it's just, we, we, uh, and I, and I've been fortunate enough to, to, to work with, uh, uh, clients in the past uh, year who have come to me, who happen to be Ethiopian or Habashas who own businesses in Los Angeles who come to me and say, listen, uh, we've, had to really consider doing some things or putting some marketing dollars aside to to advertise online on facebook on instagram and whatnot but we don't understand what that is explain break it down for us you understand what i'm saying now instead of just you know saying well businesses you know apparently moved on to you know somewhere else or probably e-commerce or something like that and we're gonna close shop no like people now actually have to really ask each other questions and say who do you know who knows how to do this who do you know who knows how to do that uh, literally yesterday i spent four hours just you know having a conversation between uh actually i was really this was actually really great because both of the both of the gentlemen who i was meeting with yesterday we we went to school together one from kindergarten so imagine that that was like you know you know 30 something years of uh, 35 plus years of history there so uh, my point is it's become it's, it has become necessary for us to engage you know what I mean? Uh, and force conversations that we normally wouldn't have because we were all in our comfort zones. But the, the, the technology and, and the way we do business and the way we do things uh, has changed so fast, we have to play catch up. So you have no option but to but to uh, really force yourself to, to, to have a conversation, uh, you know, amongst 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 each other. So that actually brings me to a very important question that I have for you. As you know, I have a small agency in D.C. where we do design work, we do web design, we do advertising, we do marketing. We, do, we, do, we have a lot of experience. And I work mainly with corporations, associations, and some government. And I've tried to work with a couple of Ethiopian businesses, but I haven't been able to get past that point of not being able to communicate clearly the value of good design or or the value of advertising and marketing and they just don't seem to want to invest the dollars so how do you go about 
you know, convincing, especially like an immigrant owned business to spend real dollars in advertising, in marketing so that they can dominate. I'll give you an example. There's a guy on Facebook who advertises his Magagaria. I think it's one of the few out there. And he's an engineer. He created it himself. And he, I think he shoots the video himself or it's a very low production quality video. And it's, that's his form of advertising. And if he only spent a little bit more, improved his production quality, I mean, the re, I'm sure the return that he's going to see and the market dominance that he's going to have is significant. So again, how do you educate somebody, a business owner, in spending advertising dollars or marketing dollars, somebody who's never done that and has seen some success in their business? You, you brought up really the million-dollar question. You can do a whole seminar on this. I'm not kidding. As we have whenever we approach clients that, that, that we come across that happen to be from, from, from our part of the world. So what we ended up uh, really coming to, to the conclusion uh, of is the education part has to come before the sales uh, uh, aspect of, of your pitch. Meaning, if I am taking uh, the necessary steps and taking carving out a time before I go into sales mode of, of educating you on what my product uh, uh, gives you, then you are able to uh, make um, uh, uh, decisions uh, that are that are a little bit more informed than than when you actually came in. You know, so uh, the, the 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 reason is that I think we people fear that they, you know, I I I don't like it when people call my you know uh, landline because it's always you know telemarketers trying to sell me something. I I just hang up. But it's the same thing is that if I if people feel like you're you're coming at them with some sort of sales gimmick, they tend naturally. Uh, I don't have to tell you this. You know that. But but. What what makes a big difference is if I take the time of of really just breaking down how it works. I want to educate you on what it is that your video that you end up putting on Facebook. And if you don't listen, you you can create a video and put it on Facebook and just share with everybody within your within your circle. That's that's not marketing. You and I know that that's not marketing, right? You know, you have to go into way deeper and into how targeted ad works and da da da. Like I mean, we you know what I mean. So what is it that your business you know does? What do you what do you sell? This and this and this. What are your, you know, methods of, of marketing, you know? And, you know, you ask all the necessary questions that you ask when you, you know, before you go into a pitch. But avoid the sales pitch then. Then really educate them on how what you do, your products and services, empower them to grow and do better. Because once that business grows and does better, you understand what I'm saying? That means that they're able to put some of those resources back into their marketing dollars, right? So everybody wins. This is what what the what the what the challenge is. I think it's also there's a little bit of a generational gap issue uh, that that I come across. But I think now uh, I, I I I I I see a lot of um, young people uh, really 
understanding how how the process works and uh, especially if they have e-commerce uh, they're more uh, inclined to to listen to you because you know they 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 understand that you know they don't have a storefront you know what i mean it's not like you can you know put something up you know uh, on the side of the street and and you know and, and call it a business that's just not how it works anymore so here's the fascinating part though collectively there is tons and tons of tons of amazing amazing entrepreneurs from the west to the east everywhere and imagine if 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 most of those people found out that there are folks who are totally good at coming up with amazing amazing uh, uh, marketing campaigns that can elevate their businesses to uh, to to really really you know uh, high levels and yeah, just yesterday I was thinking about you know the annual soccer tournament, the Ethiopian soccer tournament that uh, that was organized uh, uh, July Fourth weekend. Mm-hmm. How is it that none, nobody has maybe there one exists already? But I was thinking about we we should probably start thinking about organizing some sort of entrepreneurs like meetup, a networking thing where where like-minded people can come and discuss that would be brilliant actually that would be really yeah brilliant. because i was thinking about that i was like how come how come there's because i there are conventions you know people people do conventions people do you know uh, uh you know these uh uh meetups and you know uh, uh networking events you know everywhere day in day out uh, every industry pretty much has one but how come uh, the the Ethiopian diaspora doesn't doesn't have one like that uh, at least not that I'm aware of and can you imagine uh, when when everybody who gets together on on that on that table uh, uh, once starts discussing uh, you know their 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 projects whatever they're working on uh, what their dreams and aspirations are what businesses and they want to launch and they, they meet people who are able to make that happen for them. I mean, isn't that, isn't that pretty incredible? Yeah, I seriously thought about that yesterday. And I was like, because I, I got word saying that it was going to happen in Los Angeles this year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything. But it got me thinking. I was like, there has to be a way for, because there's so much talent. So much talent everywhere. And amazing entrepreneurs. And I was like, there has to be a way to get to get everybody together and be able to really just bring their their entrepreneurship skills and their business uh, uh, savviness to 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 this age of of technology. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a huge opportunity for us to potentially get together and and have some sort of a meetup where entrepreneurs, students, young professionals, old professionals, people from all sorts of walks to come together and potentially think about certain projects that we can work on together and have some sort of brainstorming process yeah absolutely especially people that 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 are um um uh uh really interested in being a part of uh something like this uh i i definitely want uh, them to 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 leave some comments uh on on your on your page uh figure out a way uh, to to make something like this happen because i i think i think it's uh it's it's uh, it's past the point of uh oh, you know like you know we 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 really need it like all of us collectively need it
I completely agree with you, Wondosan. Well, I've got a couple more questions for you. I want to find out where do you get your inspiration from, both personally as well as professionally? Um, wow, so many, so many folks. Uh, I've named them my parents, first and foremost. Uh, my siblings, my brother, my sister, uh, who at an early age were all part of, you know, everything I did. They were sort of like the, the, uh, um, the guinea pigs. <laughs> uh, you test everything out in your own family or with your own family. Your storytelling abilities or, you know, your, your, you know, singing in the shower and whatnot. But um, uh, no, uh, I, I really, honestly speaking, one of the one of the uh, first people that I that I've always really given credit to, uh, besides the people that I just named, is uh, is a playwright and director uh, Abate Mokria. Uh, phenomenal, talented uh, playwright in the golden age, I think, of theater. And I was really, really lucky to grow up in that era because I feel like, well, maybe the golden age people probably think it was before the, before the, before the revolution. But, but having said that, uh, actually there's a big debate. I always uh, talk about this with my father. It'd be like, when I say, wow, wasn't, wasn't, uh, Abate's production. And, uh, I think, uh, guys, Gabramadin wrote that if I'm not mistaken, uh, wasn't Tudor's amazing. would be like, oh man, you should have seen the plays. Cause I've, <laughs> you know, he would talk about how was a I've never seen those. So I don't know what you're talking about, but. I think that actually happens quite a bit where people romanticize their past or that their generation was the best and, and everybody ends up looking back and I'm sure the kids nowadays are going to look back and say, well, you know, the 2020s was the best generation to experience this, you know, after some years. You see, here's, here's the difference though. Here's, here's the difference because when something is evolving and when something is actually at its birth and inception, I feel like are on two different sort of uh, levels of, 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 uh, how do I put this? Okay, let me, let me, let me track back for a second. So you have, guys, a guy, you have performers like Ababa uh, Balcha, when he was very young, before people knew him from so so what's that? So so so. These are oh, what I mean, I can go on forever about how much talent we had at that time. All right, one dozen. So really, honestly, man, you're taking me back here because I I first off, I had no idea that you were into Ethiopian theater. And it's taking me back to the time I was younger. And I remember seeing, I believe it was Othello, and I remember seeing Oedipus at either Ambassador or uh, Rastiatr. Those were Abate's plays. Absolutely. Yeah, he was the creative director at uh, uh, Mazagazavit, which was the city hall theater. And Sima Uhuduhut, you, you had two choices. Yeah, exactly. It was either, it was either the... <laughs> no, well, uh, the, no, theater-wise, you had a few choices. Yeah. I'm talking about... What you wanted to do in the afternoon? Oh, I guess. Yeah, you could go to the stadium, or you can go to the theater. It was it was that, and uh, for some reason, 
because um, my father and Abata were very good friends and and we were f uh, close uh, family friends, we always uh, tagged along uh, to go see his place. Speaking of inspiration, because you get to see when a project is being rehearsed, yeah. when the play is being rehearsed, you see you see some of the casting phases. Well, actually, the casting was never really open to anyone, but rehearsals I used to go to. And what was that process like? Was it like the how you see theater directors, you know, the prima donnas yelling at everybody and trying to get everything perfect? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's, I think you're trying to answer this politically, right? Sounds, this sounds the, like you know would be a cliche, but to say these were listen, look, these these all these folks were larger than life. I'm telling you, like you know, I I see Ababa Valcha when I go to Atsaba. I ran, I I would run into him, but to me, he's 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 a living legend. They represented the best, and and I they still do, they still do. But what I'm, yeah, that, so that era of, of theater is really what what I was talking about. It was to me, I feel like the beginning of where my 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 interest in in, in you know either performing arts or you know the creative arts kind of started. Right. I I have a feeling that's that's where it came from. So I give uh, I give a lot of credit to Gashala Tamokra for that. Um, I have been trying to work with him to this day on something and we almost very close we came very very close to about three years ago and the project lost its its funding which is very unfortunate because it would have been amazing can you tell us a little bit about that project or i'm not sure if it's top secret or what you can disclose about it but it'd be great to know what was that project about well, I don't know exactly what the full title of the play was, but I think it was called Adwa. Or, uh, 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 so his play was about the different fractions of, 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 of leaders in different regions who basically decided to put their differences aside and come together to go together and for, the, for the Battle of Adwa. So it's about, not necessarily about the battle itself and what happened afterwards, but it's about the, 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 the precursor to that. A little sub-stories. Yeah, the sub story. So he uh, was uh, preparing to uh, basically make a, a film version of that. And uh, I came across the project uh, right as they were trying to get funding. And I had a, a, an opportunity to meet with them a couple of times. And uh, But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the project is, is dead by any means. I think it just needs the, the proper... Uh, uh, pr presentation and, and nurturing that it needs to, to, to get funding because these are the things that I feel like uh, a lot of people who have interest in, in the arts can, can really do. Uh, you know, just a few months ago, I saw a project that uh, uh, Gash Haile Garima, the filmmaker Haile Garima, was... Yeah, was was trying to raise money for uh, on on Indiegogo, and the point that I want to to make is that um, Spike Lee funded one of his films on Kickstarter. Good for him. So but did, he should... so did I think the recent. I read an article about a month ago about the Miles Davis. Uh, yeah, and uh, Don yeah, Chico, like Don I think he completely funded it himself and did like a crowd crowdfunding. Yeah, he did a crowdfunding, and and you know he did uh, Miles Ahead. Yeah. The point is. Uh, somebody like Garshaile Garima should not have the difficulty of, 
Um, yeah, the difficulty of trying to meet uh, an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter goal. It is, it is for me, it, 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 is, uh, it pains me that we as a people cannot come together to make a project like that happen for, for him. And, uh, you know, yeah, we, you know, you share it, you know, you do this, you do that. But imagine if there was a way to incubate these, incubate these projects. Like if there was, if there was a, was a way we could put our resources together where X amount of funds go to X amount of projects per year. And I saw the treatment of, of, of this project. Uh, like I think they had a little promo video that they did for it. And it looks amazing. It looks amazing. That's something I would want to see. And that's exactly what I was trying to say about about the Mokras project. He, he shouldn't have any difficulty funding any 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 project he he wants to make because this is the legacy that uh, you know they 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 want to leave behind, and we should be able to with all the things that we 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 spend uh, money on and resources on. There's got to be a way to make some of these projects happen for. Uh, for 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 us, I mean, we we deserve it. Let's. So I actually want to ask you a fairly lighthearted question. Something that I've always wanted to ask a filmmaker, which is, what are your top five favorite movies? I, I've always been curious as to somebody who actually makes films for a living, what their criteria of a good movie is. Okay, so the, uh, I have a really bad habit of making top ten lists every year. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I do that because it's because that means I have to do a marathon, like at the at the end of the year, just trying to see. Well, obviously I can't see everything, but you know there are films that I I I want to see and I want to be able to see them before I make some sort of conclusion. But so the way I the way I I judge that, or that's really no way of judging. It's a, that's very subjective because it's a matter of taste. But the way at least I make my list is. Like what, what, what leaves, if I, if, what leaves uh, an impact? Like what, what, what sort of impact does it leave? And what, what sort of um, wow factor? Uh, it's not necessarily about, oh, how do they do that? But like, yeah, actually there are, there is that sometimes. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like, you feel like you've been told a, a compelling story in a compelling way. A, a comp- but every, that's the that's the that's the point where everything comes together. Yep. The story, the 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 direction, the photography, the performances, you know, the costume. The, I mean, everything when it gels together, you know, you know, you've just seen something, something super special. I actually saw something that I really enjoyed recently which does all of those things. I saw Creed. It was, um, it was a story that we've all kind of seen and heard before. It's the hero's journey. It's very similar to Rocky, but I, I just thought it was really special in, in how they told the story and just the narration of, a, of how everything unfolds. Well, okay, speaking of Creed, I'll tell you a little bit about and I And I feel like I, I, sh- I share this video with people uh, you know, business entrepreneurs or anybody who's, who's interested in marketing, you really have to see Sylvester Stallone's videos on YouTube. Telling there's four part video about the about the genesis of Rocky. Mm. 
Uh, I know the story has been told about, you know, how broke he was, how he wrote that script, and how much money that he was offered to sell the script, but he didn't want to say. It's an incredible, incredible story. Rocky is one of my favorite films, but not only because of how good of a story it is, but I think mostly because I've heard what it took. I don't think a lot of people know that, right? I don't think a lot of people know that he wrote it. I don't think a lot of people know that he won like best screenplay for that, right? He like, what it, yeah. like that he was homeless when he wrote it. He, that's the point, and he had to sell his dog. I mean, you have to see, you have to see, yeah. The story behind the story is just absolutely amazing and mind blowing. So that character has a special. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it, it, I think it moves people uh, uh, in, in 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 a very different, in a very special way. And and I wanted to talk about Creed because that's exactly what what happened. I don't particularly care for the sequels, but the first Rocky was very good. But man, I watched Creed and I said, now that's genius because they literally took the 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 franchise and just 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 flipped it on its head. And you, it's literally the same film as the first one, but what, what a really, really great way of telling it. It's a very different different perspective and a fresh, fresh take on that. So as far as my list is concerned. Man, the pressure is really building up. I mean, I really want to hear your top five now. I feel like you're, you're doing your storytelling and you're directing us, but I really want to get to the top five list. Here's the, here's the fun part. I'm standing in, in the big shelf my wife built for me where I keep all of my uh, Criterion and uh, uh, Blu-ray DVD uh, films. These are, the, I don't buy films a lot. Right, but we, need, the, we need a photo of that. We need yeah, photo so so my, my wife surprised me one day. She built the shelf and I, I'm staring at it now because I feel like almost all of my favorite films are right up here. So let's start with uh, uh, Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half. <laughs> Uh, probably my favorite film of all time uh, is probably one of the films I've seen so many times. It's from 1963, if I'm not mistaken, Italian film, uh, uh, really fantastic. Uh, I see uh, Chinatown, uh, Roman Polanski's Chinatown, one of my favorite films. With Jack Nicholson, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a classic uh, uh, writer's film because all writers really, most writers would say, okay, what's the best script you've ever read? Or, you know, they'll be like, oh, of course it's Chinatown because it's just, again, it's because all of the elements come together effortlessly, like without, without, it looks, I mean, I'm sure a lot of effort went into that, but it just looks, it just looks, um, it's a fantastic film. I love uh, uh, Japanese uh, cinema, so anything by Kurosawa, to be honest with you, uh, Seven Samurai, Seven Samurai, yeah, Ron, uh, would probably be up there. Uh, I am looking at um, a recent purchase I made. Actually, this is pretty uh, special. Criterion just released uh, Satyajit Ray, Indian uh, Bengali filmmaker. Uh, he started out in the mid-50s, and I think he, he passed away in the early 90s. But he probably made some of the most amazing films that a lot of us have never seen. And um, 
they're not your traditional, you know, Indian sort of Bollywood movies. These are, uh, these are no, these are well, those are films as well. But in the sense that we we the way we the way we identify, you know, Indian films is 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 is, is really, um, you know, it has the sort of the the big. Big scope, the big colors, big productions, musical numbers, and he 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 was not of that kind. I actually feel like I feel like he was probably inspired more by by the uh, Italian uh, neorealists from the forties who just basically shot their movies documentary style. They took their cameras and shot on actual locations and hired non actors, and they just you know let the let the story you know uh, dictate its 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 its. Uh, it's its own path, and uh, the Apu. This is this is called the Apu trilogy, and um, uh, these are three of, I believe, oh, the finest films uh, I've ever seen. And I literally just got this um, about a week ago, and uh, it's in Blu-ray. Uh, uh, I, uh, so I love I love that movie, all three of them. And um, I mean, we can go on talking about this forever. And I mean, uh, I'm a huge. Glad that like Godfather wasn't on your list because that's like on every guy's like. Yeah, God, God, Godfather Two is is on my on I would say on right up there. But two, absolutely. Yeah, I, but I I I I don't uh, frown upon you know genre stuff, man. Like I I, I love science fiction a lot. Um, the uh, uh, John Carpenter stuff. I'm into war as well. I'm into. I watch everything. I, I there's reading documentaries. Uh, um, uh, Errol Morris, uh, somebody that um, always makes really interesting, fascinating uh, films. Uh, but yeah, I I I pretty much watch watch uh, you know as uh, as much. And you know what a great time right now for uh, content. Uh, uh, popping up all over Netflix and Hulu, and there's a lot of great online platforms that allow you to, to, to you know consume just really, really just great stuff. Besides, besides Netflix, there's, uh, uh, I mean, I know Hulu has a lot of original programming. Even platforms like Vimeo, and now even content is now being released on YouTube. Uh, as, 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 as you know, as, as we speak, part of a pay, pay, paying subscription uh, model. So, you know, one thing I've been meaning to ask you is, have you guys been using drones at all? I'm, we're starting to see that a lot in my industry. And, and, uh, and I, I'm just curious, have you shot with drones? We used drones, I believe, twice. We used it on the one of the opening shots of the FIFA spot we made for the Hyundai. Uh, and we used it, I think, to shoot some uh, B-roll of, of uh, 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 skylines in Los Angeles. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a tool to do yes. something kind of specific. I don't think it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a replacement for, you know, your conventional camera. Uh, it's just... It have t- tremendous amount of limitations of what you can do with it, uh, but um, it does what it's supposed to do really well. That is like establishing really good shots, scenery, uh, just capturing and being able to access certain things that you wouldn't be able to send, a, you know, a cam- just a, a cameraman uh, out 
you know, two. Uh, I've seen some amazing uh, drone uh, footage, but especially in extreme sports uh, and whatnot, like, you know, people just take out their uh, drones and they just, they, they, you know, I've, I've seen people shoot, like, you know, these on avalanche, like a huge, yeah, like really just mind-blowing stuff, but... I think you know it works perfectly for for that, but I I I don't know what else you could do with it, to be honest. <laughs> well, Wonderson, what's next for you? What's next for Activator Pictures? Can you give us a glimpse into the future? Uh, we have a few projects on the pipeline. Like I was telling you earlier, we just finished our first sort of series we shot uh we we uh posted and we're we're almost done with with fin uh, finishing that up so that is going to be uh finding a home somewhere very soon we hope and once uh once uh that comes out we 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 really would love to get feedback from everybody because that that helps us kind of uh, uh gives us an idea of what what people really want to watch and and, and sort of consume but currently uh, we have a project, um, a feature film we're working on that is going to be made, uh, I think sometime around May, uh, we're going to be shooting it in New Mexico, uh, parts of it in New Mexico, parts of it in Utah. Uh, it's, a, it's a thriller uh, uh, company uh, that we pitched it to, uh, uh, wanted to make it, so we're, we're very excited about that. We also have uh, television uh, programming that we have pitched um, to a few folks that uh, uh, we're uh, uh, in the middle of development of, and uh, we're continually uh, looking for good, talented people to work with, to partner up with, to collaborate with. Uh, people bring us ideas. We have full production capabilities. Uh, we're constantly creating uh, content, uh, you know, whatever the platform is. We thrive and and do really, really well with, with working with like-minded folks. So if there's anybody out there that, you know, just wants to take a look at some of our uh, work and, and hit us up, uh, we're, we're always open uh, to, to, to working with you. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do a little update segment some, sometime down the road and let's see and see what happens. That would be lovely. I would love that. So before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for those who are listening to you? Maybe somebody who's young, maybe somebody who's trying to figure out a new career, as well as how do we get a hold of you? How does somebody who wants to reach out to you uh, find you? Um, no, thank you, uh, Bamnet. I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, uh, uh, giving me the opportunity to to be part of this. It's it's amazing. Always a pleasure. Uh, as far as uh, how do people get a hold of uh, uh, me and Activator, uh, please go to our website www.activatorspictures.com. www.activatorspictures.com. You'll be able to see our uh, uh, sample of work. Uh, we have uh, contact uh, uh, methods on there that you can, you know, use. Uh, draw, like us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you know, we're all over the place. So just, you know, we'll give you a pretty good idea of, of how we can really uh, uh, help you if you are an entrepreneur or uh, somebody who owns an e-commerce business or somebody who's in marketing or just want, you know, uh, have interest in, in content uh, making or, or 
the arts, whatever it is, we 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 would love to hear from you. Uh, just uh, give us give us a like on those social pages that I just mentioned. Um, as far as advice, honestly speaking, uh, I don't have a lot of advice besides just saying follow your follow your dreams it's a it's a cliche everybody says that but it is it is probably the the, the most important thing that anybody really needs to hear on a constant basis is to really follow your dreams if you have any interest in in, in uh, uh, or curiosity in in becoming a filmmaker or someone who's, you know, making content uh, either for, you know, uh, uh, for a living or just for a hobby. Uh, there are amazing tools online, especially on YouTube, how-to videos uh, that can teach you uh, skills, aesthetics. You know, obviously, you need, you need a certain amount of reading to do as well. Uh, but there's the, the world is really wide open for you to be able to consume uh, all of this amazing content. And the best way to learn is to watch others who've done it really well. When Bennett earlier spoke about, you know, my, my inspirations, my favorite films, my favorite things, you know, what moves me is, is really what comes down to this. Uh, and also uh, uh, balance, life is very important that you pursue your, your dreams and passion, but you also pursue other things that nurture your, 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 um, your, your life as well, uh, whether it's uh, your friends, family. If it wasn't for the support of my, my wife, uh, my uh, family, uh, my friends around uh, my camp, uh, I really wouldn't be able to, to be uh, where I am and be able to do the things that I do right now, they uh, all make a tremendous amount of sacrifices to 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 see me through and to nurture my to nurture my uh, my interests, and I am um, very grateful for that. Fantastic. Well, Wunderson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the show, and really, I wish you the best of luck and success. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you soon. Thank, thank you, brother. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you very much for everything. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you again to our guest, Wondoson Dikran. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the show. So please make sure to go online and find out more information about the show on www.ethiospodcast.com. Also remember to join our newsletter on our website to find out more information about the show. Thank you. Have a good week. And God bless.